And so every time I did that, I, I, I got a little better every time. And I think that your mind has to be right. You have to say that you're going to do it and then and then do it. And so, and I, I have a hard time even just, I don't like to say I'm going to do something and, and don't follow through. So that was really important to me with this programming. All right, my friend, welcome officially to this episode of the Fit Mother Project podcast. This is your host, Dr. Anthony Balduzzi. I'm the founder and CEO here at the Fit Mother Project, the host of this podcast, and I'm so excited to share today's episode with you because here on the Fit Mother Podcast, we do a couple things, and one of those things is we have special member interviews where we have real and raw conversations with our Fit Mother program members who are transforming their health, transforming their lives, and leading their whole family to a healthier way of living. And today, we have the privilege to have a conversation with Jacqueline Chevalier, who is a 42-year-old mom. She lives in West Virginia, and she is busy managing her veterinary practice, the farm that she runs with her family. She has a rental business on the side, two kids, foreign exchange student, husband, so many things that she's doing. And Jacqueline managed to lose close to 100 pounds this year. She started January 2021. We're recording this in November, and she's lost over basically 100 pounds. And she's going to share how she did that without actually doing too much exercise and how she actually sustained a knee injury and was able to continue to lose weight. There's so many great lessons inside Jacqueline's story. I think there's lessons about the right mindset to get into a weight loss journey, how to make this stuff sustainable, how to find the right plan that works specifically for you, and how to get up and dust yourself off if things aren't going exactly as planned. Because you know, losing weight in a big way like Jacqueline did is a one pound at a time thing. And I know there's a lot of us that can learn these lessons. So I am really excited to bring you this conversation. And I want to invite you to really soak this in, hear Jacqueline's story, draw inspiration from it, and also take some of these things and apply it into your own life for greater health, for well-being, for more strength. All that's in this conversation. So stay tuned, my friend. We're about to hop into this convo with Jacqueline, and I'm super grateful you're here. And let's get into this conversation today. Jacqueline, welcome officially to the Fit Mother Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. And you have such an amazing story that I want to share. And I just want to hear all these amazing details of how you totally transformed yourself within this past year. So please, to kick this off, introduce yourself to those who are listening. I'd love to hear your name, where you're from, a little bit about your family, and all the amazing stuff you do with your business and your work. And we'll start from there. Okay. So I'm Jacqueline Chevalier. I'm 42. And my husband, Paul, and I joined the Fit Mother and Fit Father Project in January of 2021. So I have two children and a foreign exchange student. So the youngest is seven, my oldest child is 12, and then the foreign exchange student is 18. So, and I'm a veterinarian. My real job's a veterinarian. And then I also own a horse and cattle farm um, that my I inherited from my father. And so my daughter rides horses. My son is sort of interested in it and it's getting started. But I grew up showing and riding and competing in three-day eventing, which is, uh, it's actually the easiest way to say it is what Christopher Reeves did when he hurt himself. So it's a pretty, pretty big competition. It's in the Olympics. You have to be super fit to keep up with that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that kind of is where I was hoping I could get back to. So when I started this program. 
So I want you to take me back to the time when you're starting this program in January 2021. Where was your health and your life at at that point? Tell me about that. So I will tell you in December is where it really kind of hit me that I needed to do something about it. Um, I'd gone to the doctor just for routine stuff and my glucose was up and they were concerned about prediabetes. Even before that, that previous summer, I had tested positive for COVID and I, I never had any symptoms, but I was off for 20 days because West Virginia didn't know what to do with me because I was still positive, but I wasn't, I wasn't sick. So they just kept quarantining me. And I was off for probably 23 days, I think, or something like that. And I lost 20 pounds then. But in December, I had gone to the doctor and I weighed 265.4 pounds. I was disgusted with that. And my daughter had asked if we could run the Run Run Rudolph 5K. And I was like, I'm so fat. I can't, I can't do this. I cannot run three miles with my child. Like there's no way. And I was even worried about walking it because I had been experiencing some numbness in my feet and I, I couldn't, I didn't have great proprioception with it mm-hmm. or balance. And that's kind of what you were talking about. Like when I was just doing my regular chores, taking horses out to the field, walking them out to the field and back, I would sometimes slip and fall. And then I slipped and fell and hit my knee. And then, you know, I had one issue that they thought was a meniscal tear, but I didn't even get an MRI because it eventually felt better. And that was on my left knee. And then, and so I just, I think I just hit a low that I said, I can't live like this anymore. Like I have to do something about it. And my husband and I were talking about it and he does a lot of, uh, he's a psychologist and he does a lot of the like pre-surgical for like gastric sleeve and bypass and stuff like that. And even for people just getting any of these surgeries, their insurance cover requires them to do some like counseling and they want them to try different programs and different things. And my husband was like, Hey, I just looked at this program. It's called the Fit Father Project, but I saw there's also a Fit Mother Project. He had asked the doctor because they want them to try something to lose weight before they get a gastric sleeve. And I think you have to have three failed attempts before insurance will pay for it. So they wanted different programs to be able to offer this guy. And yours was one of them that this doctor had recommended Paul look into or recommend for these people. And Paul's like, I looked at it and he was like, I think I want to do this too. So my husband had gained weight too. He wasn't interested in running the 5K. My daughter, thank goodness they canceled it. So I didn't have to actually physically tell her that I couldn't do this. So we'll think about it. But I just have felt like I was at a point in my life where I couldn't I couldn't wait any longer and I was getting older and I just felt like that this is the best time to do this. I didn't want to wait any longer. And so, and actually I kind of went back and forth because my husband was ready to start on the first because he felt like, like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. We're going to start on the first and just do it. And I waited to see what it was going to be like. I was super busy that week. So in January, I take interns from Hollins University, which is my undergraduate university that I went to. And they stay in my house for the entire month and they go to work with me every day. They do everything I do to see if veterinary medicine is something they want to do. So, and I feel like sometimes I may push them away because they realize they don't want to be this busy. But, you know, we kind of work hard and play hard too. So that's been... That's been a thing. So I waited till I got through getting the intern settled. And so I started on the 7th. That was my start date. And I just said, I'm going to commit to this and I want to see what happens in the first 30 days. And then we'll see what happens from there. And I lost 30 pounds in 30 days. So I lost a pound a day. And so I was like, all right, this is working for me. I need to continue. I think I was two weeks in and I was like, I'm going to do the lifetime thing. I'm just going to join and do this and I'm going to be. 
you know, it, it, it wasn't, the workouts were great. I felt like, and, but I, I like some of that too. I don't love the cardio. I like the weightlifting. That has been something I've never done in my life before. And I really enjoyed that. So, and I'd like the strength it gave me. And so even when my knee is bad and when I was, when I was doing workouts and getting back into that, I'm doing more of the weightlifting stuff and the, in, in those things I'd use the, well, the Belladonna I still do. And then the total body workout. I do. Mm-hmm. And those two are easy enough for my knee that I hurt in February. So I lost 40 pounds and then I fell and hurt my knee. So I was doing all the workouts, including the cardio and the running, but he had recommended me not run anymore just to walk and then, or slowly jog instead of trying to do like hits with running the doc, mm-hmm. the doctor, the orthopedist, because I'm not getting my meniscus repaired as I just feel like that it's better and I'm walking on it and it's not bad. So I'm not going to do that. So I want to pause you for a second. So you give your husband seven days to make sure this is just not going to blow up. And you're like, ah, okay. So this is interesting. You start on the 7th of January, 2021. You proceed to lose 30 pounds in 30 days. Then you have a little bit of an injury when you fall and you slip, you hurt your knee and you're enjoying the strength training, but you continue on to lose over 85 pounds, primarily through nutrition. Is this the truth? Yes, absolutely. Okay. This is the truth. So let's talk about that because I think there's a big misconception, especially when people have quite a bit of weight to lose. You think you need to be working your butt off, but a lot of times it's cleaning up the eating. So how did you clean up your eating? What were some of the focuses and shifts that you made? And I also want you to speak to the changes in your gastrointestinal health, because I know that was a big part of your journey as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So with my gastrointestinal health, I had really bad, almost like IBD-like symptoms where I would, I would go and have days where I wouldn't poop at all and have really bad constipation. And then I would have ones where I was in the bathroom multiple times a day. And I had thought I had attributed it to some of the, some of the processed foods, like with MSG and even dairy. And so I was sort of already avoiding dairy and some of the processed foods beforehand. And it did help a lot. And I will tell you before this, we'd gone to Canada in 2019, right before everything happened and, and spent a little time in Vancouver for my continuing education. It was amazing. Literally three days after eating there or just all of my gastrointestinal symptoms were normal. So I noticed that, and I know that there's nothing processed in Vancouver. So I started trying to avoid some of those things. So it was a kind of a little bit better when I started the program, but until then I was really struggling So when I started the program and I started eating, I followed your plan explicitly through the first 30 days. I ate exactly like the turkey sandwiches with avocados. I didn't stray at all. I ate everything that you had recommended. And then I used, we eat out a lot for lunch because I'm at work and we just order it in and grub hub it. So I ate things that are recommended off the website where like Taco Bell or mm-hmm. Chipotle or and just ordered those foods. There's also, we have a fuel counter here that you could order salads from and they're super fresh and great and everything, it looks great. So that was what I did. So I just stuck straight to it, okay? I also dropped Coke, Coca-Cola. It wasn't on the plan, right? I knew I knew that that was going to be a thing and I knew it shouldn't have been, you know, but I lived on Coke. Like my staff knew if I was having a moment or having a bad day or maybe I was stressed about a case or something, I would sit down and somebody would bring me a Coke and a piece of chocolate. And those were what I lived on. I literally sometimes just ate a Snickers bar and a Coke for lunch. And what I found out during all of this is that Coke's a trigger for me. 
a huge trigger. The soda was a huge trigger, whether it was diet or regular, it doesn't matter. It triggered me to want sugars, any type of sugars. So whether that be cake or that or Snickers bar or a candy of some sort, I literally, I couldn't stop myself. Like it was the craving. And so I felt like that that's what the soda did to me. So, and I found that as one of my triggers that that is, and through this program. So I'm 40 days into this program and I lost 40 pounds at 40 days. So I was 40 pounds down and we went on a little trip with a group of people that we hang out with regularly. They were our COVID buddies. We all had COVID at the same time. We're all in quarantine at the same time. And we went that spring, like our, it was like March up to West Virginia's ski slopes there and did a tubing with our children. Okay. And it was fun. It was exciting. It was a good thing for me because I felt like at one, at that point that if after 40 days and 40 pounds that I could do stuff again. And I was, I, I did the tubing. I was not tired. I didn't get out of breath. All those things felt so much better with that. And then at the end of the evening, we were back and I had packed my stuff so I could still eat on and plan, but I didn't bring enough water. I drank so much more water out there tubing than I normally would because I was, you know, I needed it. The extra water, we were sweating and and running up and down the hill. So Mm -hmm. I did bring enough water. The hotel water tasted terrible. And our friends, one of the, the guys, he runs down to the gas station and gets everybody a drink. And he brought me a Coke knowing because Previously, that's what I would have drank, right? So he brought me a Coke and I was like, yeah, one Coke's not going to kill me and the water here tastes terrible. So I don't want to drink it. So I, and I didn't want to go back out to the gas station, which was a couple of miles away. So I drank that Coke and it took me 10 days to stop craving sugars. But at that Mm. point, I kind of had found things in my, like in eating with the program that I felt like made me want more food. So it just was a good thing. I mean, that, that I eventually found out that it was the Coke that was the huge trigger and really Coke. And if I eat a piece of cake or something like that, it kind of triggers me for a few days that I want more sugar. Yeah. So the sugar's triggering more sugar and Coke was definitely your thing. It it sounds to me that Coke was something that was a little bit of like a comfort for you. And certainly all your friends and family and your staff around you knew this about you. Like Jacqueline needs a Coke, you bring her a Coke. This is a way to show love. Right. How has your relationship changed with it now? And how did that mental process happen? Because you're in this Fit Mother program, you're writing a mission statement, you're having profound realizations that this sugar addiction is kind of running a lot of your behaviors and obviously impacting your health. How did the psychology and the relationship with Coke change? And what's it like today now that you've lost 85 pounds? You obviously haven't been having the Coke. Right. No, I haven't had any soda since that Coke in February because I knew at that point that was a trigger for me and that's what was causing me to gain weight. Also that weekend, I gained three pounds. I stayed on the diet. I didn't stray. I didn't even drink with my friends. I didn't even have a tequila or anything. Like We we would always have margaritas or something and I didn't even have that. Um, So but I gained three pounds and I knew it was the Coke. Like I just felt like it was the Coke and I felt like then I wanted this or that. And I, you know, immediately after drinking the Coke, I wanted dark chocolate. Like that's what I wanted was a piece of dark chocolate. How do you become stronger than the craving? Like how does your mindset shift? Cause it's obviously something you enjoy, but there was a part of you that must've chosen a different path. Right. So, so at that moment I was like the next morning when I wanted, like I was craving like pancakes, I don't even really like pancakes. 
but my child was ordering pancakes. Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, I really want the pancake. And I was, and, and in my mind, I was like, this is wrong. And I realized at that moment that it was the soda that I had had that had changed my cravings. And I just said, no, I'm not doing it. I'm going to, I'm going to order my omelet and I'm going to eat my omelet and it's going to be fine. And I did, and I felt full and I was happy. And so I was like, okay, I can do this. And I, and every time I just made a better decision, every time I was craving something. And then and at 10 days, it, I was like, this has got to go away soon. Like it's driving me crazy that I want to eat something that I'm not supposed to eat that I don't, you know, that's not on the program. It's like, no, I got to stay, I got to stay strong. And then in 10 days, I just said, okay, this is it. And I'm never doing this again. And I haven't. And now, now I crave avocados and tuna and shrimp and salads. Like it's crazy what my cravings are now that you would never think they they weren't even things that I would have eaten more previously. Yeah. I think it's because it feels good to feel good. And you've clearly made the associations in your mind. When you eat these particular things, you feel fantastic and it's better than any short-term sugary fix. I imagine that's the case. Right. And that morning, the morning after when I woke up, I was so tired. I was tired and I was like, I shouldn't be this. That was the first morning I had felt tired in 40 days, Mm -hmm. like just changing it. And I didn't, and, the, and some people say that they crave the Coke when they were missing it. I didn't crave anything for the first 30 days. Like I didn't, I didn't want sugars. I didn't want anything different. And that, that kind of made a huge impression on me that, that this was feel, filling me and I didn't feel hungry at, at any point, And I didn't feel like I needed something else. If that makes sense. Like sometimes yeah. you eat, eat a dinner and you're like, gosh, I just need something else, you know? And I didn't feel that way. So I think that made a big difference and, and, and in it. And I think my mind, I just got my mind right and said, mm-hmm. we're doing this and this is for your health. And this is so you could run with your child when they want you to. And this is so you could ride with your child. I mean, she always wants to go, wanted me to go on a trail ride. And I, I didn't really want to, because I, a had a hard time getting on my horse and B I felt he's my, he's my dad's old horse. My dad passed away and I have him. I didn't buy my, I bought myself a horse this fall, mm-hmm. which was really cool. <laughs> but, um, he's 30 years old. He's a really old man horse. And, and I felt bad for him having to carry me, you know, I weighed a lot. Uh, I mean, I probably weighed what my dad weighed, but I, you know, it was still, it was, it was a lot. And I just felt like it wasn't uh, fair for him. And then if I had to get off on the trail and climb back on, I couldn't do it. So mm-hmm. we had gone on a short little trail ride and the gate wasn't open where we were headed. So I had to get off and open the gate and get back on. And it, I, I like walked him for probably 20 minutes trying to find somewhere that I could get up high enough that I could get on. So I did. So it was like a mounting block. And then I climbed up on a fallen tree to get on him. So, um, and, and that was before, you know, that was mm-hmm. in the fall before that. And I just felt like from at that point, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm really too fat to ride. I can't do this. And that, and that was pressing on me because that's been my love my whole life. Like that's what I live for is to ride and take the kids to horse shows and do things. And, and that's been an incredible journey, part of the journey. So just being yeah. able to get back on a horse and be able to ride well and trail ride and do things with the kids. Um, that's been great. Honestly, that is just so beautiful to me because it's like we each have these unique passions and hobbies that have been in our lives. Yours happens to be so many around animals and horses. And there seems to be a point when our health does slip enough that that gets impacted and it affects the quality of our life, maybe our our own sense of like identity and worth. But what's so incredible is that having lost 85 pounds, 
you're jumping on your horses again. <laughs> you're enjoying your time with your kids. And like, that's new life that you gave yourself. I mean, the weight loss aside, like this is just, you now have the energy and the zest back. I want to ask you, losing 40 pounds is a great accomplishment. You know, something that many people would be listening to be like, I would love to lose 40, but then losing the next 40, it's, it's a different game. I imagine there's some things that change on the back half. So let's talk about that for people who are listening, who have quite a bit of weight to lose. What's it like when you're at like the midpoint of your journey, what things change with the process, maybe the rate of weight loss, the kinds of things you start doing, the mental internal talk, Talk to me about all of it. What's the back half like that bring you to here? All right. So about, I would say 50 pounds was my halfway point. And I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm on the roll. I've got this. So, and it was probably June-ish, like May, March, maybe March. Cause that, so I lost the 40 and then making it to the 50 was a lot harder. Okay. And also I couldn't exercise because after the 40 pounds, I, that's when we had the ice storm here in West Virginia and I slipped and fell carrying 50 pounds on each arm, which I was really proud of because, you know, I couldn't have done that before, but thanks to all the workouts, I was so much stronger and I was carrying gas cans so we could fill our generator. Right. And I have two 50 pound things. I slipped on some ice. My knee went one way. I went the other and boom, I tore my collateral ligaments and made a meniscal tear. So the CT of that, he was like, we don't fix collateral ligaments. You just have to stay off of it for weeks. And I was like, but you don't understand. It was, I had a very big moment at that point because I was so sad that I was going to have to stop all my workouts that I couldn't do all these things. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to lose this weight. So it, at the 40 pound, or it was really maybe 45 pounds down. That's when I had to went to the doctor and, and he told me that I couldn't exercise anymore and I needed to stay off that. He was like, I don't even want you to do the upper body stuff. And he was like, cause it'll change. If you're standing, it'll still affect your knee. And he wanted me to try to keep my knee as still as possible. I was in a brace for eight weeks and it just, it, it kind of squashed my, my desire, desire a little bit, you know? But I stayed on on the plan as much as I could, and I and at that point I was like, you know what, I'm I'm probably going to go even a step further, and I want to eat everything clean. Like we we raise our own beef, so I have our own cows. It's from us. We raise our own chickens; they're from us. So the things that we're eating are fresh, and I kind of wanted to go that route where. All the vegetables we were eating were going to be homegrown or stopping at the farmer's market and stuff. So they were cleaner than, say, something frozen in a bag. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of where we went uh, or where I went. And I just said, I'm just going to eat places. And I also only eat at restaurants that are like clean restaurants. They don't have MSG. They don't have stuff like that. So I spent a lot of time at Fuel Counter and this one little, it's called Swan Fusion, or that's a kind of a sushi bar. Mm-hmm. So, and they have great seared tuna and a, this great avocado salad. So those are my lunches almost every day. Chipotle occasionally, but I just stayed on point. So, and I, I was allowed to walk with my brace. So mm-hmm. I was still walking. And then of course, it doesn't matter what he says. I still have nine horses to take care of and cows yeah. and chickens. So I still got to do that. It's not an option. So um, if they don't, if I'm not working, then they're not getting their things that they need. So that didn't stop. So, and, and cleaning stalls, one of the coolest things that I think, which I'm sort of sad about, but also not my wa- I have an Apple watch and it keeps mm-hmm. up with my activity and things like that, which, which also I got right before Christmas that year, I got it. And so that was one of the other things 
that I set my activity goals to keep myself going, you know, and making sure I met all my deadlines and like that. So in the Apple watch, it wants you to do, well, my Apple watch wants me to do 1100 calories, burn 1100 calories every day and Mm -hmm. exercise for at least 30 minutes Mm -hmm. and then stand one minute of every hour, which I always meet my stand goal because I stand up all yeah. day long at work. Yeah. So all those things. And then when I would clean stalls before, I could count that as activity. Like my watch would count that as exercise. And it always say it would always come up and say, or I see you're doing a mixed cardio session. And I was <laughs> like, okay. And so I just would let it go and it counted that as an exercise, right? So but now when I clean stalls, my heart rate doesn't get high enough to tell my watch that I'm working, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm, it's not really that a workout. So yeah. that's, it's sort of sad that I can't use it as a workout, but it's okay. Yeah. But it also, there's a lot of lessons in that. It's that when you're starting off, any kind of activity is just great in your favor. You're accumulating movement and that coupled with eating can lead to a pound a day like you experienced. And then the, the great thing is when you get so fit that like the things that used to tax you are now become like baseline stuff for you, which is beautiful. Now, what I heard is after you had the knee injury, there was clearly a moan of discouragement. Yet what I noticed you were sharing is you almost like committed even deeper in the area that you could control. You're like, I'm going to get my nutrition even more clean. And I think that's so cool and powerful because you channel that desire that was kind of dissipating because you couldn't exercise and you, you channeled it into an area that you could focus on. So you start eating real high quality foods. And obviously that worked. You lose another, you know, basically 50 pounds up to this point doing that. And what's happening with your digestive tract at this point too, when you're around 50 pounds in, because you were taking different kinds of medications for different things. Like I want to, I want to hear about that change. Cause I think a lot of people have GI issues. Well, also, and I wanted to talk about, so, so, uh, so after the 30 days, we couldn't get the protein powder because it wasn't like your protein powder wasn't coming. So when you picked up a protein powder there. And so when I would make the shakes, I was, uh, I, my belly uh, I didn't do the shakes at first because it was really cold in January. And I had yeah. to like, I was out fit doing the horses in the morning. Right. And so I'm all bundled up and then I don't want to yeah. drink a cold shake in the morning. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't do it for a couple of weeks, but then when I started it, the protein powder, the, I, I had like three or four shakes and everything was great. And then your protein powder came in and then I couldn't, I couldn't tolerate it. My stomach didn't tolerate it. I was back to having, but you know what I knew, I knew what it was because I had had beautiful, normal, everything's like uh-huh. everything. Like I, like I felt, I feel like even now I poop twice a day, like a dog. Like it's nice. really weird that it's just like that normal. Like there's nothing abnormal. It's not hard. It doesn't hurt. Everything looks great. Like that's weird. And to talk about, but also a big, a big sign of good health. Yeah. You're having solid bowel movements. And right. It's really good. Right. And I didn't, I, so I don't have any, I'm not on omeprazole anymore. I didn't have to take the Pepsid. I didn't have to, like, there were times where I couldn't, I would go out with our friends for a drink. We typically go out on Thursday nights and, and have a couple of drinks and, um, and, Eat it. There's two good restaurants in our town that are really great and have clean food, and we eat those. Go back and forth between which one we eat at in, on Thursday nights, and um, and I could eat those. Like I, I could go there and do that, but then the drinks would cause heartburn when I noticed that, like I was before, like but not now, but before. But I, and I attributed it to the drinking, right? But it wasn't the drinking; it was all the other things that I was eating that were crap. 
So when I started focusing on eating the good foods and eating healthy foods, I felt a million times better. So then I had zero GI symptoms, no issues with, um, it, with even my skin is better. Like even my nice. skin is better. So I will tell you, so as far as the supplements, I added all the supplements and got what what the majority of things you were saying. My vitamin D was low before all this in the fall. And so I was already supplementing vitamin D, which gave me a lot more energy. But um, I will tell you, um, the I, I started on the balance, the balance RX and that. Um, I take four capsules every day. Um, and I will tell you, I ran out of it and I didn't set up the order right. And so I ran out of it and I was out of it for about two weeks. And somebody goes, what aren't you taking from my, this is one of my staff members looks at me and says, mm-hmm. what aren't you taking? Because you're not nice anymore. <laughs> and, I was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. But I think it was the hormone balancer. I think it really yeah. made a difference. And I, I got back on it and he was like, please don't ever run out of that. I was like, all right. <laughs> So now I have an auto ship, so I don't run out. But that's that's great to hear. And I mean, I think something that you're really sharing that I think is amazing is you're listening to your body throughout this journey and finding the things that are clearly like moving the needle for you. You're taking suggestions, finding what one works in your local area. So you have your go-to restaurants and you know the go-to things you order at these places, and you're having your stacked routine and there's so much consistency. I want to shift gears a little bit and I want to hear about how the change, the massive change in your health and your weight how that has affected your family. How has it affected Paul, your husband? How has it affected your kids and the sense of maybe your relationship to them, theirs to you, things that have been said? Obviously, the tubing was something that was pretty profound in that early stage, but like, what's really happened since? I mean, they have to be looking at you being like, wow, mom, this is pretty big. Right. So, well, last weekend was a really big weekend. Like, no, it was the Halloween weekend, the weekend of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually went to Grits Farm, which is this like country little farm that has a bunch of slides and hay rides and all kinds of different things. And they have this big bounce thing that it, it's almost like a trampoline, but it's a big bounce thing. They have them at some of the theme parks too, and a couple of different like local parks. But, um, and I like took off my shoes and my son was like, what are you doing, mommy? And I was like, he was like, are you going to jump with us? And I was like, yes. And he was like, you can do that. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. And so I went out and jumped. We jumped for probably an hour while he tried to knock me down for an hour, you know, jumping <laughs> um, as high as and hard as he could. And he was like, this is the best day. He was so thrilled that we could, that I, I went and jumped on the jumps and then rode zip lines and um, stuff like that. So it was just a really cool moment to see that, like, that I can still play with my kids. Like I could still have yeah. fun. I could play with my kids. We do some really cool things. I took my daughter uh, to Lexington, Kentucky and rode on Masterson Station Park. It's this beautiful park. Um, And we took the horses and rode and I rode all over and she jumped jumps and it was really cool. So that was a cool experience. And and I even showed my dad's old horse, the last little local show. And that was just really cool. And she, they were so excited and proud and happy that I showed and, um, and that I was doing it again. So it was um, it's a really good, good thing. So, um, my husband has fallen off the bandwagon a little bit, but, um, he's, uh, he says he's getting back on. So let's talk about that a little bit at a certain point, clearly together, but also independently. Right. I mean, you have a spouse, you guys are sharing meals. There's a bit of a culture in your house. There's movement towards health. Yet at the same time, you went to lose effectively a hundred pounds through this journey and he has slipped a little bit. What's it like getting healthy 
with Paul and with your spouse? What have you learned about that process through yourself and maybe even watching friends and family go through similar things? Sure. Well, I've learned that I can't push and I really probably shouldn't say anything. So I've had to look at that. So he does, he does, he makes better choices. He knows, um, he is eating better. So he's, he's lost 45, I think, and then maintained that. So, and, and he didn't have really as much as I had to lose. I had a lot more probably to lose than he did, um, to look fit if that makes sense. Um, so, and, and he also loses a weight way easier than I do. Um, he can just work out a little bit and do some of, um, you know, do some of the weightlifting and then he'll drop five or 10 pounds quickly. So, um, when he gets back on it, which, um, and he, he said he was going to start soon. So it's honestly, it's weird for him because he's busier in the summer and uh, well, in the summer, we're all crazy busy. Um, but we slow down in the winter a little bit. So that's an easier time for us to focus on, on all this. So, um, which is easier to add the workouts in because we don't have as much barn work to be outside doing, you know, there's not as much, all the stuff is finished for the year generally, other than just keeping them alive and feeding them and stuff. So, um, and that's the easy part. So, but it's, it's somewhat difficult at times just because, um, you know, it's hard for the kids because they, my older child, the 12 year old is, is probably struggling the most with it. Um, just because she doesn't like some of the foods that we've been cooking. So, and so just having to add something else in for her to eat or, um, but they aren't, but even the children are making good choices. Actually, my last post was, uh, about my son. Um, he has now decided that he likes omelets with spinach and, um, broccoli. He put spinach and broccoli and, um, and turkey, uh, in his omelet and that's his favorite meal right now. So I was like, that's awesome when your kid wants to eat the omelet. Yeah, that really is awesome. There's been so many beautiful, just stories and moments in this conversation. I want to know what's next for you in the future. You know, when you came onto this podcast, you wrote in another little intake form and you said that you wanted to share because you knew this was going to help somebody, yet you also felt like at a certain point, your journey was still not complete. Like there's more for you to do. What does the next few months and next year have for you in store as a fit mother and as someone who's really walked the walk this year? And, you know, now you have a beautiful life to enjoy with health and strength. What's next for you? Yeah. So I think what's next was, so first of all, I just need to heal from surgery because we didn't even talk about that. But, um, um, so I had so much loose skin after losing the 85 pounds, um, that, um, I was starting to get skin infections in my belly button and then under this flap of skin that hung down. Um, and so I had been, that's really hard to deal with, honestly, especially as busy as I am. Um, because I, unfortunately we sweat, you know, you're busy, you're running around and you're taking care of horses and I'm chasing horses and, and moving things around and, and it, you sweat and, and then it all of a sudden you've got a yeast infection or a skin infection. And so that became really difficult for me to take care of. Um, and so I went to, um, I got referred to a plastic surgeon and, uh, insurance covered taking it off. So they don't cover putting a belly button back, but they'll cover taking all the skin off. So, and you had, and, and just for, for those who are listening, when did you have the surgery? Tuesday this week. So it's, and we're recording on Friday. So you, <laughs> thank you for being here, having just gone through surgery. Like, let's talk about that for a little bit because you brought it up. 
What was your relationship like to having the loose skin after having lost at that point, like 85, 87 pounds, you have this skin. What was it like? And then also tell me what it's been like in these past couple of days, having had the skin removed and that basically got you to effectively 99 pounds of weight loss. So you, you pulled off like quite a bit of skin, right? Yeah, they, they pulled off 10 pounds of skin. So one, I made it to, I will tell you, I made it to 90 pounds the morning of surgery. So yeah. I had lost 90 pounds and I tried really hard because I, that's what I told her I was going to do because the plastic surgeon said, I want you to continue with your weight loss. The more that you can get off, the better it will be when you're done because that way we don't cut all the skin off and we have more loose skin to lose, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I toughed it out. I did some workouts that I probably shouldn't have done with my knee, but I did them anyway because I will say through this journey, the cardio days, the days that I did cardio, I noticed that I lost more weight the next morning mm-hmm. than the weightlifting days. So it kind of went back and forth, but the weightliftings I could still do periodically. So when my knee wasn't hurting, I would do some of those. So living with that loose skin was terrible. And actually it was kind of a, um, a negative to push me to lose more weight because the more weight I lost, the more skin that would hang down. And then I would have mm-hmm. to like tuck it in and do weird things with stuff. And that was weird. And I felt like I didn't feel pretty. I didn't feel, I didn't feel good about myself. I felt like it was always there and it was, it sucked. If I pulled it up, if I pulled my skin up, I could fit in eight jeans, but then it would hang over. So then I would have to buy tens and tuck it in, you know, which looked better just because, you know, but it was just weird and hard living with that. And so, and at that point, and I kind of went back and forth because I felt like I was so far in that I wanted to lose all the way the real way. Okay. And then I felt like the surgery was cheating, like that she was going to take off 10 pounds of weight. And that was like cheating for me. But then after a while, after two or three infections and getting annoyed with how I looked and trying to buy clothes that I that looked okay, but just that was that was the issue. I decided that I just needed to do it, that there wasn't really anything there. And that that was really, I had to make myself believe that that was my, that was my goal anyway, was to get off this and then to get the skin off because that's not going to weigh any other way, you know? How does it feel with the skin off like right now? It looks really good. I'm, my whole body's really flat <laughs> nice. now. Nice. So, and, and it's, yeah, it looks really good. I've got three drains in, so that's no fun, but, but it's been, and it's, and it, the first day, the second day was really tough today. I felt the best out of any days, but it's, um, it, it was, uh, you know, tough. And I had two C-sections and I'm tough. I'm a farm kid. I've always been yeah, tough. I can tell. <laughs> ridden horses with broken limbs. And I don't know, I'm kind of tough. So as far as, you know, my two C-sections, I competed. I got, after my first kid, I got back on a horse and, and immediately uh, after three days after my C-section and competed on day 14. So Whoa. I went to this big horse show on day 14 that I already qualified for. So that was part of the issue. I qualified to do it. So I wanted to get to do it. So, um, I got back on my big horse and we did it. So it wasn't pretty, but it happened, but that was after a C-section. And then, and I had two hernias after a C-section and then can't remember what's called, um, diastasis, I think it's called Yeah. Yep. where my muscles has separated where, because both of my children, I got so big with, um, but I was eating crappy food then. And it was a long time ago, but, um, Mm -hmm. and we didn't even know because I was so fat before. 
I kind of had felt like I had a hernia because there was two parts of my stomach that were kind of squishy mm-hmm. and it felt like sub Q, like you could yeah. feel like a hernia. Well, and so I was worried yeah. about that, but honestly, I feel great. I feel super tight. Everything's going to be tight and smooth and beautiful. I've got some ugly, I'm sure I'm going to have some ugly scars. I did pay for my belly button to stay. So well, that was nice, but, uh, she's, you know, she took off, she weighed everything she took off and it weighed 10 pounds. So I had 10 pounds of extra skin and a little bunch of fat, but she was surprised. Cause she's like, honestly, I, ha-, and she had to, on the top of my belly, I have an incision like, down my chest to my belly button. And she had to do it because the excess skin on the top, I had so much excess skin that she had to pull it to the middle and cut a big bunch out. So I was surprised that, that that part was going to not be like, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting a vertical incision to, even though she, we did talk about it, that I may have to have one, but I don't know that I care because it's, I'm less likely to wear a bikini anyway, but she had to pull, she had to pull skin from middle too. So I was surprised that that was the case, but. Well, I want to say congratulations to you. I mean, it's been a heck of a journey, you know, physical appearance. It's amazing that you feel like prettier that you have just all this, you know, you feel thin and, and tighter and, and that's a beautiful feeling. So one that you absolutely earned and all the health changes that you made are truly inspiring. I mean, you put this year to work for you. It's been within one year. I mean, you really, you gave yourself perhaps a decade of life. Who knows? I mean, we'd just be speculating, but it's really incredible the change you made inside and out. Right. So literally all of my issues, my blood pressure's lower. Before I was on, my hair would, had started to fall out and it's still falling out. That's kind of one of my, the negatives that, that, but that they've kind of attributed to rapid weight loss. But I've added biotin and a couple of supplements and stuff that they wanted me to take. So my hair doesn't fall out. But, um, but my, um, previously my hair was falling out and they said it was because of polycystic ovary syndrome. And so I was on spironolactone for the antitosterone effects and pulled me off the spironolactone because my blood pressure was dropping into like 80 over 40. I mean, it was just really low a couple of times and I was getting kind of dizzy and lightheaded Mm -hmm. and they felt like that maybe it was the blood pressure medicine. When I was fat, it wasn't an issue because I could, I I probably needed it, the spironolactone to help my blood pressure. But after losing the weight, I've come off. I mean, I'm, I'm on Claritin D, um, the supplements you recommended and um, and singular for my allergies because I'm allergic. To, I'm a veterinarian. I'm allergic to horses, dogs, cats. Okay. All right. So to end this, I'd love to have you answer one question. And that is to you, what does the idea of being a fit mother mean? Well, being a fit mother in my mind and what I, what I wanted from this program was to get my life back. So I wanted to be able to, if... My kids wanted to go to the park and run and play and ride a bike around the park. I want to also be able to do that with them. Okay? And I want to be fit enough that I can do the exercise, like riding a horse and competing and getting back to that. I want to do those things again. And so, and I wanted to be able to have the energy to work, to, uh, to carry on with, uh, carry on with all my farm chores and still have the energy to do those things. So, and sometimes now my exercises, a lot of times are in the barn, you know, a lot of times they are cleaning, you know, like cleaning and moving hay and things like that. So, and that's, that was probably my biggest victory was the day of hay, um, in, in August when I was probably 70 pounds down, maybe in August, 70, somewhere in that range. 
65 to 70. So, but we did, uh, we put in hay and one day we moved 850 bales of hay, which I'm not sure if you've ever picked up hay, but you, you end up picking up 850 bales twice at the minimum. So, because you have to load it onto the trailer and then you take it off the trailer onto an elevator that elevates it into the hay loft and then you stack it onto the hay bales. So, and I'm in the barn stacking it always because it's, it's my, that's my jam. You know, that's, these are my horses. My husband doesn't really like horses or, or any of this. So he's not into that and he's going to get them and put them on the elevator. That's his job. Okay. So I have to stack them. Right. And before we would have had to take multiple breaks. We did 850 bales with one break in between. And I could have done another, I could have done not another 850, but I was still going. And at that point I would have previously, I would have been like, I couldn't move. I wouldn't be able to walk to the back to the house. I would have been like in really bad shape. And I went in and we fixed, you know, ate dinner and had drinks around a fire and it was great. So, but 850 bales and, you know, they weigh 50 pounds a piece. So that's a lot of bales to move, you know? And I wasn't, I was not tired or exhausted. So I think that was, that was probably the moment that I was like, this is going to work for me. This is going to be, this is great. I can do this. So congratulations on that. Now for someone who's listening here that finds inspiration in your story, but also feels like they're at a place where they're in quite bad shape and they don't really know how to get started. What would you share with them? What would you have shared with yourself getting started? Like a little bit of words of encouragement to end this great conversation. So I think you have to wholly commit your mind to doing this. You have to say that this is what I'm going to do and you have to fully commit your mind. And then as when, and just start, just start and do as much as you can for as long as you can. I kept telling myself that with the exercises when I first started, because I couldn't make it. The Apex 10, I almost died making it through it, I feel like. But I'm not a quitter, so I struggled with where I did. And so I made it up to 10 the first time, and I probably used too big a weights because I felt like I could do it. And, and then when I got up to 10, I was like, starting to get lightheaded and dizzy. And so I was like, I have to stop now. So I feel like saying, do as much as you can for as long as you can, and then do one more and then quit. And and so that was my motto is that I, I just went through it and I did as much as I can for as long as I can. And then I pushed myself for one more and then I, and then I quit. And so every time I did that, I, I, I got a little better every time. And I think that your mind has to be right. You have to say that you're going to do it and then, and then do it. And so, and I I have a hard time, even just, I don't like to say I'm going to do something and, and don't follow through. So that was really important to me with this program. I'm going to say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it. So, and then if I can't do it, then, you know, I have to do something different to make up for it. So, so that was the hard part. And my life is super busy. I do way too many things. So, and I really struggled fitting the exercise time in. And sometimes it was 11 o'clock at night. I'm doing some form of a workout of, of lifting weights. And, and so I, you know, I have to get both kids to bed and get everything done and everything cleaned up for the day. So, but it was, you know, just trying to do what you could. And I stuck to the nutrition really well. So I don't venture out too far from that. And I made sure, you know, before I think, I think my plate looked like, you know, was probably half protein and then a fourth carbs, not always good carbs. And then maybe a vegetable, 
one vegetable. It may not even be in a fourth of a plate and then some form of dessert. Now I don't even want dessert. I don't even crave dessert. I don't even, I don't even think like, I didn't even want cake for my birthday. So I like little dark chocolate pieces. So Mm -hmm. if I do need something, that's what I eat. And that takes care of the craving and all is well again. And I just had to find what worked for me. So the only cheat I will say is I do drink sweet tea periodically and it doesn't do the same things as the Coke did to me. So I can have some sweet tea and go on with my life. And then, so if I feel like I have to cheat, I'll do a piece of dark chocolate and a sweet tea. And that's where I go. I will tell you, I didn't do the cheat meals because I felt like it made it worse for me. And so I didn't, I didn't like to do those. And so I just stayed with the diet and tried not to eat it. Occasionally, maybe um, you're in a pickle and you eat a piece of pizza or something that's at a party, but I always felt crappier the next day. So I felt like it kind of was against me, not for me. So, yeah. Well, thank you for all of this. I mean, for coming on a couple of days after surgery, I wish you a speedy and complete recovery. And thank you for sharing your wisdom, your strength. I mean, you walk the walk, you talk the talk, you're absolutely a fit mother through and through. And I'm so grateful you used this program to change your life and that you've had the opportunity to share it with everyone who listens to this. Sure. I appreciate it. Thank you for making me feel better about it. <laughs> you're so welcome. Thanks for being a fit mother. And I appreciate you being on here. And for everyone else, keep stay tuned to the Fit Mother Podcast. Hey there, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Fit Mother Project Podcast. If you love what you heard, I have a favor to ask you. Please consider taking 60 seconds right now to leave us a rating and review on our podcast. Leaving us a review is super quick. It only takes a minute and it's so, so helpful to us as it really boosts this podcast to reach more people who need this information and this message. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, you can leave us a star rating and review. If you're watching on YouTube, you can hit the like button and leave us a comment. Overall, I truly appreciate you being with us here on the podcast. On behalf of me and my entire Fit Mother Project team, we truly feel honored and grateful to support you and your family on your journey to fantastic health. I thank you for your support of this podcast and of this mission. Also, if you're interested in joining our Complete Fit Mother program and becoming an official member of our community, you can visit our website, fitmotherproject.com. And on the Fit Mother site, you'll be able to see our Complete Fit Mother program along with our online store with the best supplements designed for busy moms. And you'll also find a ton of free resources like recipes, workouts, meal plans, and more. God bless you and your family. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi signing off. I'll catch you on the next episodes of the Fit Mother Project podcast.